In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Well, that's... that's all I got. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. It's the History Bros Podcast. <laughs> History Bros on the air, Brian Gelmacher, Jason Hatfield, Jason Rude right here with you. Good to talk to you. It's been a little while. I believe May 2nd is the last episode that dropped. Here it is now almost a September, almost October, August, whatever month it is. I don't know, summer brain. But you know what? Oh. We're back on talking to you and talking to each other. Brian, Jason, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you guys again. Who are you again? I'm sorry. Uh, New phone. My, it is. Yeah, my, na- my name is Jason Rude. I'm one of the hosts of a, a podcast called The History Bros. Also, hey, I'm, yeah. I, I do that too. I don't think I um I don't, I don't think I've heard of that one. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's also known as Lower Your Expectations. Have you heard oh, that? yes. That one. Oh, that one. I'm, that yeah, I'm there you go. There very, you go. That is the story of my life. There you go. <laughs> All right. That clears that up. Well, boys, one of the you know one of the reasons we haven't been quite so active with the podcast side of it is we've done a lot more with our web series, our YouTube series, I should say, called Stories from the Road, which of course yes. you can uh, find the links to it at historybros.com. Yes, uh, but uh, Stories from the Road has it, it's been really really fun to do that stuff, and we've had a lot of fun doing them. I mean, I think they're great. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we've got one that uh, just came out last night or yesterday, I should say, about Oklahoma City, specifically the memorial and museum dedicated to the 1995 bombing. And uh, I thought mm. if, you're, if you guys are up for it, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. And I've got a question to ask you kind of based on, on some of that, uh, that topic. You guys, you, you up for it? Let's do that. Let's, uh, let's mm, talk about your it. visit in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, so it was a man trip. We like to call it the man trip, which is really a history trip. Uh, my dad, uh, a guy by the name of Dan Anderson, who is, used to work with my dad and my son and myself, all piled into the old family truckster known as a, whatever, a Tahoe suburban or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, we were actually going to see a buddy of mine down in Abilene, Texas at Dias Air Force Base. Um, and uh, he's a high school friend of mine that I, I'd never gone to see him at one of his Air Force bases. Um, and now he's getting re- ready to retire after 20 years next year, next summer, it'll, it'll be 20 years. And he's retiring. And we said, yeah, I suppose I should probably come down to see him. Uh, and the only thing I'll say about that, there, we did a lot with him, but the best part of that was the fact that he, he, he let us go up in the cockpit of a B one bomber. Should you be telling people? Uh, there's no pictures. So there's no proof. <laughs> Except your confession. Uh, that's he- hearsay. That's hearsay. Death, deathbed confession. Is it's hearsay. Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't I, think it's going to be just, too good. I'm just expecting like you, like a swatting happening at Rude's like radio station right now. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. Boom. Move in. Move in. What, what, guys, what are you doing here? <laughs> what do you mean? Put my hands on the floor. 
So if I drop right. off the things like these, like, <laughs> you'll you'll know, you know what happened. Which which reminds us of back in the day when um, was it someone came in and yes. Rude was caught on a hot mic, you know, getting scared. So. I think that was someone's a- yes so yeah there was a person that was coming in to drop something off uh another employee's wife actually who i know very well didn't realize that's still hilarious I, oh i know it's still hilarious didn't know i was recording came in behind me and i happened to turn and caught motion out of my eye saw her and i believe the, the phrase was oh jesus <laughs> yeah Talk about the hits, right? But anyway, Oklahoma City is a little more serious. That's one of the stops on the way for us to get down to where we were going. And so we overnighted there uh, and then got up in the morning and and went to the uh, Oklahoma City Memorial Museum. Now, first off, I've got to give a huge shout out. Uh, I believe it's uh, Mary Ann is her name. I can't think of her last name off the top of my head. Uh, But Mary Ann was there is the uh, media coordinator, media manager there. and she was media director, excuse me, that's the, the proper title. She was uh, unbelievable, unbelievable to work with. Uh, it worked out really slick because she had, so I reached out, said, hey, is it okay if we do some filming? They said, yeah, and they had some questions like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you looking to do here? <laughs> what are your intentions with my daughter? Well, or with their museum. And, and sure, so, uh, no, yeah. and the thing is, when, when I got that email back saying, what exactly are you looking to do? Um, I took that as, okay, they're very serious about protecting sure, the message. And, and in turn meant that we were going to be very, very intentional and protective of the message they got, that got uh, put out about this event, about this museum. Um, and I, I will say, if you've seen the ep- episode on Stories from the Road already, I, you, you know how well it turned out. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Stories from the Road, History Bros on YouTube. It is... Really well done. Tells a great story. Um, and I, we'll give you a few background tidbits about how all that went went down. Uh, but so, like I said, the fact that she was great to work with and kind of giving us some context of kind of what we could or or maybe some hints on, on what we might do. Uh, but then the other thing is she said, hey, when you go through, I'll, I'll be tagging along with you. And I said, okay, absolutely, no problem. That, that, that's awesome, uh, which meant that, number one, we had very – easy access to say, hey, can we film this? Can we not film this? No sure. questions about that. Nothing in there that we couldn't do. And number two, more importantly, we basically got a tour guide out of the thing, which was awesome. Nice. And mm-hmm. so, and there's one, and I regret it because I didn't do video on this this particular one, but she pointed out some of the stories that you'd miss. And there was a kind of a floral pattern, like 90s style floral pattern dress that you, very common in the mid 90s, right? And it's hanging in a case on along one of the walls, and there's it's next to a, a video. And we watched the video on it, and I didn't put two and two together. And she pointed out, she goes, that's the dress she was wearing. And what she was talking about is, is and the, the video is getting into how it was mere inches between survival and death uh, in, in that. Do, do, do we take a step back and just talk about the event itself first? Uh. Yeah, we can do that real quick here. So, for the if you if you're not familiar with it, 19, April nineteenth, nineteen ninety five, uh, a guy by the name of Tim McVeigh brought a uh, rider van full of explosives, essentially about five thousand pounds worth of explosives, or maybe a seven thousand pounds worth of explosives. Parked it in front of the Alfred P. Murrah Building in downtown Oklahoma City. 
lit a fuse, walked away, and it blew up, and it took down a third of the building, sheared off the front face of a third of the building. Mm -hmm. They say the motives for it were because he was upset with specific agencies. He wanted a building that had specific agencies in it, including the DEA, the FBI, and the ATF. Uh, two of the three were in that building, um, and uh, he, he does this. 168 people ended up dying from the blast, uh, including 19 children uh, who well, were in. Because they had a, a, a daycare. Correct. The there was, on the second floor, there was a daycare on that side of the building. Um, and so a number, most of them died there. There were a few that died because they'd come with their parents who were conducting business in the federal building. Um, so that's, that's where most of, well, that, that's how they accounted for all the kids. Um, afterwards, the investigation actually got started right away because somebody recognized a piece of evidence, uh, by the, uh, one of the towers right next to the Regency tower. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and what it was, was the rear axle off of the rider truck. Mm -hmm. They realized that's what it was. And of course, most vehicles have, they call them secret VIN numbers, so there's the one sure. that's in your windshield you can see, and then there's the uh, the ones that are kind of hidden throughout the car. And a lot of that has to do with stolen, like trying to find choppers, people who, who steal cars, chop them up, and then sell them. You can trace them that way. Uh, and this one, sure. this 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 part of the 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 investigation at the time, I just remember really blew my mind that they, I was like, that is amazing. Yes. That that's kind of what kind of started the ball rolling into what would eventually be Timothy McVeigh's um, yeah. arrest. And but, so the, the story that it goes through is that they find this thing. They find the VIN number, rub it down so you can see it. There's video of that that axle. We saw that axle. They have it as evidence, so, yep. and it's in the museum. Um, they took that, that VIN number, went back, ran it, found out, okay, it's a rider truck, because they didn't know it was a rider truck at first. Um, that's Ryder Corporation. They went and talked to those people, found out where it was rented from. It was rented under a false name. Um, so they started doing some checking, and somehow it took them to a motel. And they they asked, do you remember this Ryder truck being at such and such a motel? Uh, and the person said, yeah. In fact, I've got the registration right here. And Tim McVeigh uh, registered under his actual real name. And so they had the name immediately. In the meantime, Timothy McVeigh was fleeing in a Mercury a car. Uh, I forget the model, but uh, fleeing north on I-35 in a Mercury. He actually gets stopped for having no license, or, uh, no license plates in the car. He gets stopped by an Oklahoma State trooper in the northbound lane. And as they're doing this, this traffic stop, the officer notices that he's got a gun concealed. And at that time, Oklahoma Oklahoma had different gun laws now than they do now. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have a concealed weapon. So he arrested him, took him to the, to the county jail, and there he sat. And all of a sudden, the name it comes out amongst the investigation um, of who they're looking for. And somebody goes, oh, my God, we've got that guy sitting in the jail in Perry right now. And that's wow. how they found him, and that's how they got him. So extremely fast-moving wheels on this one. Um, and then, of course, that led to Terry Nichols as well as a couple of, of, of other suspects. Uh, Terry Nichols was arrested. He's in ADX Supermax uh, in uh, Florence, Colorado. Timothy McVeigh was executed in, in 2001. So that's kind of the story that they're telling is the story of the bombing itself, you know, um, and then the investigation, and then the recovery of the people. And that's kind of where it leads to today. 
How do we memorialize? What's the appropriate way to memorialize when tragic things happen? Well, it depends on what direction I feel like you're you're coming to memorialize. So, like for example, um, where uh, John Wilkes Booth died, ah. there was a question of what they were going to do with that. Mm-hmm. Is Excellent. it's Excellent. a historic situation, but you also don't want it to necessarily be a shrine, right? So, because I I graduated from undergrad in '95. And, um, six, 96, excuse me, 96. And I went, uh, I was getting it. I was going to do a, a, an acting job in, um, Farmington, New Mexico. And as we were driving through Oklahoma, I was like, this was, I was like, I wonder if we could find the Oklahoma because we're getting near Oklahoma city. And I was like, I wonder, but I'm like, they, they didn't have signs. There wasn't anything. I don't really think right. there at that particular point. And, we just drove around the corner and I mean, literally we drove around the corner. There it was. Right. And the buildings around were still damaged. Yep. Um, they had a fence up, they had, you know, pictures and things tied to the fence. And I just remember that was a first time being, I mean, and that was still a couple of years after, you know, not but, even, not even two years, but it was still like this kind of, wow. I mean, this is, I mean, because it was all over the news, oh, obviously, because, yeah. you know, the, the domestic terrorism, I think that was probably one of the first times I'd ever heard the term domestic terrorism. Sure. And um, so I guess going, but so that was really, I mean, that was an intense uh, to be there. But if you're wanting to memorialize, you know, the people that lost their lives, I think then, you know, um, absolutely, but but then you kind of get to well. I mean, I guess you can have memorials for you know everywhere, every single time one of these sorts of things happen uh, happens. Um, but again, it's like, do you want it to be a memorial where you're uh, you're remembering the events of this day, or you're wanting it to be a shrine where it celebrates? Or I guess it depends on what the the intent. What would you say that the intent for this one? Yeah, it's the people. It's about the people. the The museum tells the story of. Yes, it tells the story. The it, it comes per, from the perspective of the, I believe, from the people that experienced it and lived it, the peer, people that experienced it and did not live, and from the uh, the responders and the investigators. Um, yeah, and, and and it's it's that side of the story. I think, and I I. You know they do a good job of giving the background of the entire picture. I think, um, you mm. know, they, they they trace McVeigh for you and kind of tell you where he was and what he was doing, and they do kind of sort of address why he did what he did. Um, although nobody knows for sure. I mean, obviously the guy will only tell you what he wants you to hear. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, in in this case, it is definitely meant to. The memorial itself is meant for the people that that perished. Uh, you know, 168 empty chairs uh, in the space where the building used to be, um, and then there's a reflecting pool, and there's two two remembrance. Now they not called remembrance towers, but there's two towers on each end that you walk in, and one is a big 901 on it, which represents uh, tranquility. I think it is is what they said. Um, basically, kind of the before. And then uh, 
902 is represented. There's no number, but it's represented by the middle where it happened. And then 903 is the rebuilding, uh, basically saying we started rebuilding as soon as it was done. Yeah. Having never been there, um, just from having edited the video, you get that vibe that this is not something that we're, I don't know, I think celebrating is probably not the best word, but it's something that is a genuine concern when you do stuff like this, when you have a memorial like this. Are there going to be people that um, go and take the wrong message? And unfortunately, the world we live in, that's just that's an unfortunate part of it. There's going to be people that take away things that you don't intend. Um, right. No matter what your message is. True. Um, but I think they do, again, having never been there, having only edited the video, um, I think they do a really good job of saying, hey, this is something that happened. This is who it, who did it. This is why it happened that we know of. But more importantly, this is what we look like now. Yes. And we can't get to the place we're at now without remembering the things that have happened to us. And I think they do, again, just to do a really good job of that mm-hmm. from what I can oh, tell. Oh, and the, um, going back, I was doing just a little bit of looking around. Now you said that the, the two, the towers have the 901 and then 903. It will not 902 in the morning is when the explosion. I know that's right. why 902 is the middle. Right. That's yeah. That's what I figured. Yep. And, yep. I mean, that's got to be pretty intense to think oh, these people died at this point in time. Right. I mean, it I was, mean, this is this is even before you got to put it in the context of the time too, because you know we have. It seems like we have school shootings and stuff happening all the time, and it's always a, it's a, like a tragedy that keeps popping up. This predates. A lot of that. Yeah, it does. It's before Columbine. It's before nine eleven. It's before... yeah. This is one of the first. I mean, you had like um, the Waco, you know, and that's situation, and which that's was why he. What, but that's it, that's tied to it because that's why he did it is because of right. what happened at Waco and what happened at Ruby Ridge. Yeah, and, you said about the way that the government. That... Yes. Right, and. Waco was one thing that it was that was also a tragedy, um, but this was the first that I can remember, and I was in college at the time. I remember seeing it um, where it was like the first real, like this isn't a movie. This is like a first oh, kind of yeah. national tragedy that I can recall on that sort of scale. Right. Um, it feels like now, if they you know with the school shootings and whatever that we have, it feels like it's just. I'm not sure how this would be viewed today. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're. You know, I get what you're saying. Um, not to you, take away from no, but you're. But what you're saying is the shock value. Yeah, because at I mean, that time we were very much sensitized to that. Oh, that's interesting. And now, especially after you know nine eleven and and uh, some of the the big time shootings we've had. Are we somewhat desensitized? I will say the images of, you know, almost half a building laying on the ground probably mm. would have been enough to, I, th- I mean, obviously it would have been huge news. Um, mm. I think it still gets memorialized very well. Um, but there's no doubt that the order of when things happen plays a factor in everything. I don't think it's unfair yeah. to, to think about that. 
Uh, and, and like you said, Hatfield, it doesn't take away from what the people of Oklahoma City went through or what they've done to remember it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's legit to think about. I mean, that's a legit thing to, to consider. You know, I mean, I mean, we live d- in a d- cynical d- world. It's kind of it's it's weird to think that people would be. <sighs> Again, maybe it's just me that's over overly cynical, but. It, you you want to think the best of people, but then when things like this happen, you always end up seeing, unfortunately, some of the worst of people just right. by the way people handle it sometimes. And, well, and, and, you know, there's a certain amount of, you know, one of the running gags lines we've had, I don't want to say gag, but one of the lines we've had is, you know, we talk about, well, you've heard about the Edenton Tea, tea Party, you know, and it's like people competing for who's got the worst disaster <laughs> right yeah. you know or or the worst or the best you're trying to say success. Edenton was a disaster is that what you're trying no, to no, say no 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 how dare you talk it's, about it's North the Carolina su- that way it's the it's the superlatives that i'm trying to get at you know what i mean um I, and it's what the I'm, best it's the worst it's the most right. it's the least yeah but and what i want to do get, feel go ahead, i'm sorry what i want to get at there is is saying at the end of the day whether it's 168 people dying in Oklahoma City, you know, 27 or almost 3,000 people dying in New York City, 50 people dying in Florida, or uh, 19 kids dying in Columbine or uh, in, in Littleton, Colorado. Death is death and tragedy is tragedy. And I, I, we probably need to get away from who's got the biggest, baddest, and the worst and say, you know what, it's all bad and we need to mm-hmm. address them each as appropriate for their situations. Which I think Oklahoma City has done well. I think New York City has done a really good job with that. Um, you, know, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I, along with my, you know, people are cynical vibe, I probably should put out the fact that along with these horrible tragedies, we've also seen the very best in people. Yes. You know, you see the the people who would run into buildings and 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 try to save those who um, are still to be saved. I mean, so I I guess I shouldn't look at it so callously and, and, and well, just assume. I'm glad you brought that up. Can I share a story uh, that is specific to exactly what you're talking about from Oklahoma sure. City? So yes, there are people that responded from across the country. In fact, I have a family friend that went down a week or two after the fact to be a grief counselor for the rescuers. Uh, so there's, it's not just the people that ran into the building. It's also the people that, you know, I mean, they had to set up a temporary morgue. They had to bring in morticians from across the country. Um, it's, it's logistically, it's everything you need for a small scale thing now multiplied by a lot. Um, but there's that, but that's not even the most impressive part because the ones that are doing that, I don't want to say, well, they signed up for that, but like that's kind of a scheduled thing, right? They're, 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 I won't say, and I'm not going to say they're used to doing events that big, but like they're on teams to get called out for that. What's impressive, sure. and this doesn't happen just in Oklahoma City. This happens in Decorah, Iowa, when in 2008, when it flooded like no other. This happens in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, when the Mississippi comes up or when there's major events that happen. This happens in Durham, North Carolina, uh, when a family a friend has something happen. The people of the community rallied around each other sure. and rallied around the people that needed the, the support and helped them. And so uh, one of the things, stories that they said is that when responders would leave 
and talk about their experience, they said, we didn't want for anything. They said, uh, you know, there was a guy who said, you know, or that was doing something and uh, jokingly said, well, gosh, you know, it'd be nice to get a haircut. The next day they had barbers down there giving haircuts to the people that were working. Uh, there was uh, every night uh, when responders would come back to their cots and, and they had them set up in, in like, I don't know if it was a gymnasium, but in large rooms with cots, that's where they were sleeping. Uh, every night they would have a message from a kid thanking them for what they were doing with candy and cookies every night. Um, it, it's those types of things that you don't have to be a guy who puts on the suit. And I, I'm saying this is somebody who puts on the suit and has, has gone into a building that's been on fire and who has gone to, to Rex and, and help people in their worst. You don't have to be in that role to be able to make a difference for your community. And I know this isn't the memorializing thing necessarily that we were kind of going into, but I think it's important to know you can have an impact on your community without having to be a firefighter, a police officer, a first responder, a mortician on a DMAT team or any of that stuff. Oh, sure. You can do it by simply a being present and b having some compassion. And again, I guess I'm going back to the whole cynicism thing. It's like, you know, if, if a thing like that happened again, like today, I'm wondering if that outpouring of support would be as intense because, you know, when this happened, you know, this was, again, this was the kind of thing that just didn't happen all that often. And I just, it frustrates me because I don't know if it, because with the internet, we have more access to this type of stuff. There's some of them. Um, I think the response in the community would have been the same. I really pro- do. I mean, I mean, the the community, yeah, I'm sure would you know rallies around and um, and that it is always always important for that. But it's just I feel like it's going to be saddened. It's it saddens me because I feel like we're getting more and more numb to this kind of thing. So, I, you know, even as I said that, I realized it, it, earlier when I said that people are. You know, you still see the people who come out and say, oh, this is no big deal. Who cares? But you still see Americans donating, you know, money, supplies, water in record numbers every time something like that, like this happens. Yes. So in, in the same breath as we say, oh, people are cynical, oh, people are numb, people still reach into their pockets, donate their money, donate their time, donate their services donate their experience to try to heal if if they didn't gofundme would not be a big deal but everybody knows what gofundme <laughs> is and, and i say that that's true you know i i i mean i think that illustrates what you're getting at brian when yep. when a gofundme comes out for a cause that i believe in i open up my well my credit card in this case and i give money to it um and we see the best of the, and, and you know what? Talk about personal tragedies. You guys were on on the recording. We were recording when my brother fell, and uh, you know, and the outpouring of support we saw in that was incredible. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars to make sure that that family, you know, my, my brother and his wife and the kids, uh, would have what they needed resource wise to be able to get through. And that's impressive. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe <sighs> I was thinking more memorials, but you know what? Sometimes it's how can you help? <laughs> and uh, you know, I didn't do a, I didn't do a great job of filming that side of how can you help in the video, but I think we've addressed it here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, let's wrap this one up and uh, sure. tell everybody to come well back and check out next week. Uh, of course, you can check out uh, the, the video about Oklahoma City and all of the other places we've gone here on Stories from the Road or on uh, the History Bros. And you can check it out on YouTube, History Bros. Stories from the Road, or go to historybros.com. You can check that out, and that's got links to all of our social media, uh, Facebook, yeah, Facebook, uh, Twitter, as well as Instagram. Uh, and, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, everything. And and if you like it, hey, share it on social media. Absolutely. It, like it, subscribe. I mean, yep. get the word out. Just, I mean, just if nothing else, just to generate the interest in, you know, your own local history. Oh, exactly. Here we go. Yes. Here's, here's the big tie. If you want to help out and rally around us the same way that everybody rallied around in emergencies, you can hit like and share to everything you see us put out. <laughs> Make it go viral, darn it. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Well, boys, uh, gentlemen, that was a that was a fun talk, uh, tough talk, a little introspective, but a good talk nonetheless. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And again, it's good to talk to you, gentlemen, after such a extended break. <laughs> a little bit of a layoff there, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up there and uh, tell everyone come back next week. Uh, you're going to love the topic we got coming up and what's coming down the pipe. Uh, stay tuned to the History Bros. Have a good one. See ya. Peace out. Deuces.